everybody. This is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, episode 11. And today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for your avid comic book fan or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. And today we're going to be going over what we've been watching. Um, something very brief on news because we have a lot to go over. Our final review of the last Studio Ghibli film in our Studio Ghibli Fest, Howl's Moving Castle. A topic by Nabil, followed by a review of the new DC Comics film, Justice League. What you watching? So, going into what we're watching, James, what are you watching? Oh my god, look at this. So, I I I don't I randomly started watching some chick flicks actually. I know we Ra- never randomly, actually huh? we never talk about chick flicks, so That's here very we true. go. It took 11 episodes and we did it now, guys. So, for the fans. I went on uh, vacation as you guys know. So I watched a Bad Moms Christmas, which is a sequel to last year's Bad Moms, which actually I think is was really good. I had totally forgotten about that movie. It's really funny. So it's it's a movie from last year that I really thought was I think it was in my top ten last year. I swear to God, or it was an honorable yeah, you, mention. You actually enjoyed it a lot. I liked more it. Than you said, yeah, you thought you were Bad Moms. Yeah. Yes, I liked I it a lot. Have you never Wait, seen it? No. It literally made me cry during the movie theater of like laughing. <laughs> And I don't really like laugh like that anymore because I don't I don't know because I'm bitter now and shit. So <laughs> comes with the age, yeah. <laughs> Probably shit. <laughs> the world is terrible. Three grumpy old men reviewing movies. Yeah, <laughs> these goddamn women not raising their children right. <laughs> um, no, this one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, sequel not as good as the original. Okay. Oh, dude, it was bad. Basically, we have the three main characters from the last movie. It's uh, Amy, played by um, Mila Kunis, Kiki, played by Kristen Bell, and a lady named Carla, played by Catherine Hahn. And this time around, they add their moms to the movie, and it's fucking stupid. Oh, no. Because they kind of take away. The whole point of why I like the first one is because the three main ladies are really funny, and their chemistry as well. It works really well, but the sequel takes away from that, and they're they all have like a subplot with their mom, which is just it's, really stupid. It's like this movie and Daddy's Home were like, "What do we do? Oh, we'll bring in their That's parents. That's what Daddy's Home did. And it'll, it'll be great." I wholeheartedly agree. Actually, yeah. I think they were like, "We're gonna bad. roll with this shit." Um, I don't. I think I laughed two or three times. It still has a decent story because it's it's a holiday film. A rated R comedy yeah. Yeah. holiday yeah. film, but you, but, you think, you, but you think they would have learned from uh, Cheaper by the Dozen because they tried that shit and it didn't work either. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you you fucking referenced <laughs> okay. that film. Actually, holy shit, man! It's, it's the only movie that came to mind that was like so, within that genre. Sorry, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel here, guys. <laughs> Not a lot um, of bars set for these kind of films, I guess. It's all good. I also <laughs> I watched the movie How to Be Single. You're on a rom-com uh, little thing, huh? I told wow. you. I told you, man. I watched it by myself. 
we, we've, we've established in previous episodes that uh, every once in a while, James has to just dig himself into these holes. You know, he needs something uplifting from watching all those horror films. So he's like, let's try something different. <laughs> so How to Be Single is <laughs> based on the uh, 2008 novel by Liz uh, Ticello. It's... Um, Stars Dakota Johnson as Alice, Rebel Wilson as Robin, and Leslie Mann as Meg. And Anders Holm from uh, Workaholics is in it, too. He plays a bartender named Tom. Oh, sweet. Uh, this one was actually... It was better than Mo- a, mom's, a Bad Mom's Christmas, but I don't think it is still that good of a rom-com because it's a movie about like females celebrating being single and kind of a pro-feminist kind of thing. But it still seems to falter back to all the tropes of a rom-com. Oh. Meaning it's super predictable. Like, so it, it, super it, predictable. It tries to veer from the norm, but that ends up just going back to yeah, business yeah, as usual. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know about you guys. Do you guys like Rebel Wilson? Uh, no. The only thing I've ever really watched her in is Pitch Perfect. and She's, she's okay. the same character in this movie as she is in Pitch Perfect. So if you don't like her at all, she's the same person. She gets kind of fucking annoying, dude. Like, we get it. You're fucking Australian or whatever, and you're fat. And she likes to ham that up. And once again, I'm she, not making fun of. I'm not making fun of her weight. She literally is named Fat Amy in Pitch Perfect. So, jeez, that's so unoriginal. No, she's she's one of those you know one dimensional characters. Um, She'll burn out yeah. eventually. Yeah, she I mean, everyone's she's gotten into all those legal troubles and for the studios and stuff now. So she's not even like you know able to to make a real. Popular movie. I mean, How to Be Single came out two years ago. Was that uh, last, year. last year? And that, and she had a TV show that was canceled too. So, I mean, I guess we're not really talking about Robo Wilson, but she's not getting very far. It looks like. Damn. <laughs> Anyways, on top of that, <laughs> I Perfect Three. Everyone, don't worry. Yeah, she's like, I got one more trance here. Um, I also saw Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, I want to see that. Oh, sweet. I super like this one. It's kind of a slow burn, but it's it's directed and stars. Um, Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot, so he's the like the world's greatest detective, and it's a murder mystery set on a train going from the Mediterranean to London, and it's kind of a whodunit, and it plays back on flashbacks. It's cool because the the cast is really good in this one. You have Daisy Ridley, Penelope Cruz, Michelle Pfeiffer, what Judy Dench, Willem Dafoe, Josh Gad, and Johnny Depp. So it's really well done. I'm excited too because they just announced they're going to make the sequel to it too. That's a pretty There's good, a solid. Cl- mm-hmm. wow, yeah, I didn't even know that. Uh, pretty murder, solid cast. Yeah, a murder on the Nile, except for so, Johnny Depp. <laughs> so it's just going to be a continuation of his story, the detective Kenneth Branagh story. Yeah, that's he's the center of it all in right. the original Agatha Christie novels. Right. So there's actually several of them, but oh, he awesome. apparently Kenneth Branagh liked really liked playing this role a lot so and he does really well like super super well so i'm looking forward to that and then other than that tv wise i finished up watching american vandal which i know nabil brought up a couple pods ago that was on netflix the mockumentary i thought that was really funny I i've heard really good things about yeah. it yeah i recommend you check it out marco i think you'd really like it you'd really like that show. yeah marco. it's it's on my list i just uh i've started quite a few things that i need to finish so no i same thing here and even though it's a movie about trying to find out who drew these dicks on a car <laughs> it's actually it gets pretty deep actually it, it's a it's a straight up documentary you would see on like 
some you know like A and E or even like a real true Hollywood story kind of thing. Yeah, it's it was it's premise. it's making fun of like uh, how to make a murderer type stuff. Even it like is, that, yeah. but in a way, it's still really smart the way yeah. that it's built up, like incredibly smart. The way that uh, that's what I hear. They do a lot of the um, kind of digging into the evidence and also the is it this or that. The kid that does it takes it so serious. It's it's actually kind of funny. If you think about it, because like, what the fuck is he even doing this? <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then on top of that, I finally fucking started Stranger Things season two, and I wow. made it to I got to episode four. Welcome to 2017, James. I know, right, man? We, we act like this didn't come out like two days before Halloween. Like I'm still within the month. Like nowadays, if you don't watch it a weekend, you're like, well, shit, man. I gotta. I'm gonna Everything's gonna be spoiled in the yeah. week afterwards. So. Well, don't read this. You might as well give up, dude. Now. I literally, I think I'm only even watching this because there's been so many goddamn posts on fo- uh, like social media, people like about yeah. to spoil some shit, and I'm like, man. I've seen all these gifts it, too. It's like a week grace period, like Nabil was saying. Like after that first week, you're fucked. Yeah. You yeah. either like go on full blackout and don't go on social media, or yeah, yeah. you watch it. But yeah, that's everything I've been watching. Good stuff. All right, Nabil, how about you? What have you been watching? Uh, just catching up on things too. I mean, I did finish Stranger Things too. Great show. Um, uh, definitely worth binging back and forth with. So uh, from start to finish. Um, I'm not going to say anything, obviously, because not everybody's finished it. But it is, uh, it is a great, uh, great show. Uh, definitely don't put step me up from the last season. Some bitch. <laughs> well, yeah, debatable. Oh, okay. That's what we're I've gonna, heard too. But once to again, once this. again, yeah, we don't yeah. need to talk about it. We're going to get into this once, James. Once. I yeah. guarantee you, by the next pod, we can probably discuss this. No, yeah, we're, we're that's what I've been saying. I've been saving it for all three of us, so we can kind of have like a little mini review of the season. I like that. I like that too. Uh, I started watching Riverdale. I know James was talking about it a lot. It's based off the Archie uh, comics. Um, a very darker tone on it. Um, this is the best news I've heard all day. <laughs> I've seen the first three episodes. I'm done. I've always wanted to James see it. James out. Um, I had to get my. <laughs> I was trying to get my wife into it, and I have. It's it's it was successful. She's really into it. Is I it, is it because the um, is it because the show's amazing? It's. I don't know if she'd agree with it. Her, her words were, "It's so bad, it's good." Um, oh man, wow. <laughs> I disagree. I think it actually is really good, but it is also, you know, there are some things where there's like, I'm not a teenager anymore, and uh, this, I don't know how much of this applies to me. Dude, but, none of it applies to me, yeah. but uh, for some reason, I think the characters are so engrossing after a while that you're like, man, I need to know how the fuck this ends. Yeah, I like that they have twists after every episode too. There's always like a kind of a cliffhanger thing, so they keep making you want to watch versus trying to wrap everything up every episode. It's like, no, we're gonna keep you stringing along. Who would have known, well, too, they would find a city where everybody's good-looking? Oh, wow. Well, it's not one ugly person. That's, on the that's not uh, my role's place. Even the, the janitor. The CW planet, they are all good-looking. There isn't anybody that's not. That's true. Yeah, so. I don't believe that. It's an alternate universe. Right. No, um, my, my niece like marathons the show also. So it's, it's I've, I've been told true. from... From family, that it's it's a pretty decent show. If, of course, she is a teenager. If so. you want a teenage show, if you watch shows like the new 90210 or that old uh, Pretty Little Liars or any kind of those shows, I it's think, just like that. But I think it's a little better storytelling to me. Uh, yeah, I think if you, if you like mysteries, check it out. That's a good mystery. Yeah, just yeah. if you if you like a good mystery, especially the payoff for this first season, I'll give it a well shot, done. dude. It's on Netflix. Watch two yeah, or three episodes. Yeah, it pops it's, up. It's like, it gets you. It's, it's easy after watch the second it, episode because you watched. 
Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I watched that it's popping up on my Because You Watched, but it's there. <laughs> because You Watched How to Be Single. I was like, huh? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I was like, oh, man, how'd they know? Um, I also watched uh, some movies. Uh, I finally watched Free Fire. I think you guys both seen that film. How'd you like it? It was good. I love I that movie. That's, that's with uh, uh, Larson and Curly uh, and, Hammer. Yeah, currently in one of my uh, top ten movies of the year. Yeah. Um, gonna have to agree. Yeah. It yeah. was. I mean, they're in a warehouse dealing with a misunderstanding that really <laughs> wasn't, and uh, and it really just kind of amps up, and they hate each other. So it's it's really good. Um, and how it ends is very interesting. Didn't quite see it ending that way. Um. But just throughout the whole thing, like it just seems really um, consistent that it's yeah. happening all within a, an hour and a half time frame. You know? And in each character is pretty interesting. Yeah, as they well. give you That's enough uh, exposition it. on each character. Like yeah. you don't need another pass. You just see what's going on, and you have your interest, and you pick your sides. But everybody's kind of, you know, bad in their own way. I enjoyed it. Great storytelling. Action is. It's Phenomenal. really good. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's good. Yeah, and it's For, set in the seventies to kind of keep up with the theme too. I, I like that it was very consistent. I think just the fact that it uh, takes place in one one area too. Yeah, and the fact that the pacing is so well done in there, and it's got a mix of action and comedy. I really like that movie a lot. And I don't know why, but I really like Cillian Murphy in that film. Same here. Yeah, like, I don't you know, know what? In there. Arnie Hammer randomly. Arnie Hammer was yeah. really good too. I was like, why isn't he like this in all the movies? Right. Like the fucking uh, what's it called? It's the all cowboy the film would have never failed if he was like this. Yeah, he's, he, it, th- these are films with smaller parts, um, a smaller film, but um, I think they really shined as actors in that film. I like Cillian Murphy a lot, and Arnie Hammer. I've only seen a couple things. Like Brie Larson killed her role. Also, Brie Larson I was liked just it great a lot. in general. Like she was, you know, she definitely was the thing that was keeping everything together on yeah. both sides of the film. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely worth a watch if you haven't seen it. It's on. Um, I saw it on Amazon. So oh, nice. It on oh, it's on there already. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's has well, been damn. Months, we watched but... it back in March, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah true. Um, it was like only yesterday. It was, man, a lot of these Time shows are coming out you... faster, and because they're streaming now. Before it used to just be on HBO after the DVD. Now you get to see it on Amazon and Netflix. It's crazy though that it seems like it was. It, I feel like we watched it earlier than March. By the right. way, well, we're this year. This we, is a we, side we topic. Do come, we do come from an age of fellas uh, that was that remembers the time when it took like a year or two oh, for shit to come on, on video. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy though, like the amount of times we've been to the movies. I looked at my Regal card. It, I've been to the movies over 90 times in the last year. Gosh. <laughs> Holy shit. Fuck. Right? Yeah. Where was but this I, movie passed? And by the way, time? that's only Regal. Yeah. I go to other theaters. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I want to say, because I, I say for every one movie I watch, you probably watch like two or three. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, like that, that's not a bad thing. I mean, I would want that's to. Not a lot it's, of it's, sad, it's sad that I want to be at that number because there's so many movies I want to watch. Yeah. But it's, like, we got it's a even pod, more we incredible. Got a no, yeah. It's, a, it's <laughs> more incredible. Too, so there's oh, I guarantee out. you January, February, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ramp up. And I'm no. glad we have the movie pass for that. No, I'm just saying that like sometimes you think back, oh, there, are, there aren't enough movies or there aren't a lot of good movies out there. But you think back and you look at those numbers. What the fuck No, there are. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Nabil, I know we... No, you're yeah, sorry, we're sort of totally sidetracking. The only other film uh, that I did watch was... I actually did watch Daddy's Home 2, the opposite of Bad Moms 2. <laughs> Holy shit, no wonder you knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you watch that? Oh my, my god, so Why? My wife really liked uh, Daddy's Home, and I watched that... What? Yeah, she thought oh, it was funny. First of all, Mel Gibson's oh, piece of shit. shit. I didn't think it was that funny. The first no. one. Daddy's Home 2? I fell 2? asleep twice. I actually thought Daddy's Home 2 was funny. And I know the critics hate it. Even my wife didn't like it that much. 
But for some reason, I found it hilarious. And it's oh, because of all dude. the racist stuff that people shouldn't be Is it be because liking. of Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson was... I heard he's family sad. friendly again. Yeah, uh, well... No, you know, fuck no. Or, well, the, the movie made he's, a lot of money. He's, but... he's basically mm. like a funny version of Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. That's what I thought. And he fucking plays himself. That's what yeah, he does. Basically. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I liked it um, for what it was. Um, it wasn't like supposed to be some AAA comedy film or anything. It's a pretty crappy, you know, off the cuff Will Ferrell movie like his recent stuff has been. But, um, yeah, Mel Gibson was funny. Mark yeah. Wahlberg's funny. Yeah, I, I, miss, old, I miss the old Will Ferrell. Yeah, so do I. Even the ads made me cringe. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah, I didn't the expect fact- it to be that great, but I just I, I found like, a lot of stuff. The stupid humor was funny. Why did me. they why did they keep John Cena being in the movie a secret? Yeah, which makes no sense because he was a part of the first, the first, one. first one anyway. Yeah. So he's I mean he he come, he's not a big part of the film, but he's in there. Um It's kind of weird, right? And it's really weird because it's a Christmas movie and it's just they they have the whole setting around just like Bad Moms, like they're bringing the parents in, so the Simon's the dads, um, the dads of the dads, and they're trying to show them how to be good parents and <sighs> bond together because they've I got. Think, a I'm, I'm like checking out like yeah. mentally right now. It's a very stupid plot. I think it takes away from it a lot. It does. When it and, do that. and the Christmas theme doesn't help it much, to be honest. It's just added like yeah. an excuse to to probably introduce introduce those characters. Right? But the slapstick comedy is funny. Like there's a scene, and I'll just tell you guys that where Will Ferrell is looking to cut down uh, a Christmas tree at a forest. And ends up cutting a yeah, I've seen the cell trailer. tower. It's in the trailer in the building. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, good. It's, it's, I, I feel like I too feel like I've yeah. seen the film. See, there you go. He <laughs> cuts on the cell yeah. tower, and it's funny. I didn't see the trailers for it, so I had no idea. Um, but that was hilarious to me. So I guess if you haven't seen the trailers, the stupid you laughed stuff at the trailer part. Oh, yeah, yeah. So holy so shit, Nabil's that guy. <laughs> so it's almost like a like the Baywatch effect. Like if you didn't watch the trailer to Baywatch, yeah. then it's you're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> it's like, hey, you might like this shit. Nice though. Yeah. That's uh, that's what I've been. At least you about. know what we did a mix here, okay? Yeah. What about you, Marco? Oh man, I haven't really been watching much again. I just I just came back from a mini vacation, so I was out in the LBC. Oh really? Vacation. I was on a mini vacation as well. Yes, yeah, we well, I south. wasn't. Indoors. How the fuck I knock out three films in two shows? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I fucking drove. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. Okay, well, I didn't I drive. Slept. But, yeah, basically, <laughs> I listened to podcasts. Hey, that, that's all that matters. Yeah. Only the movie pals podcast. <laughs> yeah. Listen to us too. Yeah, no, check um, us out on Facebook, Twitter. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh just uh, some uh, self promotion here. Um no, I I uh I checked out the the Punisher, actually. Nice. On Netflix. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that came out. It did. It, yeah. Well it was just on Friday that it came out. No it got delayed, right? Because of the whole yeah, Friday. shooting thing. Vegas. Uh, I I didn't know about that. Yeah, I think I got delayed. I heard the, the. I know they didn't show it at one of the cons because. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, okay. I don't think it. It might have got moved from the date because they technically never revealed it until like three weeks ago, right? right. Yeah, because they yeah. had one one final trailer and then they revealed uh, the release date. But um, if you've been again uh, sleeping under a rock. Uh, the Punisher, uh, starring John Bernthal, best known as uh, Shane from The Walking Dead. Rip, Walking Dead. Well, those of you listening to us, James and I, yeah, no longer... Like, oh, that old show that kept doing the same thing? Yeah, we are no longer uh, Walking Dead viewers. So, rip. <laughs> I still read the comic, I just don't... I don't watch. I, I mean, I may fuck. Maybe I'll like binge it when it comes out on Netflix or something. I don't know. I said we'll that see. about Fear the Walking Dead. And it yeah. still hasn't happened. So. But uh, John Bernthal plays uh, Frank Castle, 
uh, and he's coming back uh, after playing him in uh, Daredevil Season 2. So if you haven't seen uh, Daredevil Season 1 or Season 2, um, I won't give away too much, but basically, after tragically tragically losing his family and suffering from severe PTSD, uh, Frank Castle, played by Bernthal, goes on a, rev- a revenge spree and is now living in hiding under a new identity and trying to move on with his life. But uh, events eventually lead him to get dragged back into vigilantism and then events unravel after that. So... I've only seen the first three and a half episodes, but from what I've seen, it's really great. The writing is uh, drastically improved since uh, The Defenders, which I felt mm, wasn't that strong as far as... Lacking a bit. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the action, oh my God, the action sequences are really fucking good. pretty brutal. Yeah, it is definitely the the bloodiest and uh, most violent Marvel show oh. out there. Like it supersedes uh, Daredevil and Daredevil season two. Oh wow! And if like if any of you have seen those seasons and remember like some of the big fight scenes in that were pretty brutal. Um, yeah, this this is like times three or four of that but um Jesus. really yeah <laughs> yeah they, they really um they're really testing the limits with this one as far as the violence goes but um i'm i'm liking it i think uh, uh Brenthal really carries uh the character very well as well he's he's so far my favorite punisher uh next to uh dolph lundgren of course yeah of course yeah you know he's no one can beat dolph lundgren so <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently I didn't know that he was the first one. I thought some of his name. So yes, like, I'm looking at the bill. I was like, it's like you mean Drago? <laughs> but um, I, I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of the comic, if you're a fan of the Marvel stuff that's on uh, Netflix, uh, definitely check it out. Um, again, I've only seen the first three episodes, but um, as we watch more as a trio, we'll keep you updated as to how we feel about the show. Now, is this going to be the last one because I haven't heard of, like is there a Defenders two coming out? Is there a uh, Daredevil? Daredevil season three is coming out, and yeah. Jessica Jones season two is coming out, and Luke Cage season three is being filmed right now. So that'll be 2018, and then they're done, right? Because everything's going to go would back. It, to wouldn't Disney. it be Luke Cage season two? Two, sorry, yeah, doesn't matter. So everything. Well, the first season felt like two, two seasons. Doesn't matter. That's what we went on forever. It did seem like two almost. Um, I don't know yet. They haven't announced it, and I heard that. Possibly because of that, the Netflix Marvel thing is going to fall through. I hope not. Yeah. If anything, I hope... I don't know who owns the rights then to show them. I'm assuming Disney still. Well, Disney would have to... Yeah. Once Netflix... But would Disney have a hyper-violent thing on their streaming service? That's the thing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Probably not. See, that's that's where I feel like they'd still keep their contracts for those shows on on Netflix. I don't know. It'd be cool. Or fucking put them in a movie finally. Um, yeah, like damn, but, they're supposed to have what up to a hundred different superheroes in the next Avengers movie. Like, come on, dude, show one of them. Really, that many? I didn't There's a lot. Apparently. Even if they just show them like as a brief cameo in the background, or you just yeah, or like in a cool. news thing. I'm like, well, oh, te- technically, cool. technically, Punisher was already in the Winter Soldier. So, oh, the air quotes damn. on oh, that. There's a spoiler. So he was. Wait, what? In the Winter Soldier, you're gonna Ooh, have to break shit. this down Fuck for me later. Uh, it will just. I'll. I'll tell you this. Watch out for those. Um, what were they like rider trucks? Yeah, yeah, the the moving trucks. Watch out for those. Uh, anyway, uh, I also I watched Rebels as well. Obviously, I know I don't think this week had an episode because uh, that it, was the mid season you know. finale. Yeah, um, which left on I didn't I didn't like it as much. By the way, I loved it. 
Really, the mid-season finale? Yeah. I thought it, uh, I was like, God damn it. It's just, I mean, there's a lot of foreshadowing going on, and it's, it, I mean, it's probably leading to an ending that we're probably not going to like. That's what I'm... That they have to do yeah. because this is the final season. So, um, but aside from that, just the way they're really connecting everything onto the 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 trilogy movies and um, actually just even everything in the in, in the new canon. It's definitely I, leading I, up to like Rogue One. Yeah, l- leading up to Rogue Run, Rogue One, uh, A New Hope, but uh, just connecting even like the old uh, oral, the prequel tr- trilogies as well too. But um, just all those call outs to all those movies, I think it's just great the way they're doing it. And um, but yeah, that's that's all I've really been watching. <laughs> like I said, I, I have a lot of catching up to do. Um, I'll be uh, definitely checking out some some films out during the long weekend, and I'll have more for you guys time. on the next episode. It's time to watch a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. That's what it means, all right? So yeah. that's what we're watching. A Christmas story, man. Come on. No, that's it's not Christmas yet. It's December 1st. It's Get Turkey right. Day, Muck. I know, but... Come on, man. I, I always start on Thanksgiving and start watching that movie. You're the problem with America right now. Wow. I'm a disappointment. Do you also keep up your uh, lights outside too all year and just say you like the look? It's off, so it's not actually kicking me on right now. So no, I'm not- shaking my head yes, but I'm saying no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and we also finally finished all of the Studio Ghibli films, guys. Now I'm hoping that everybody watched along with us as we were recommending it because it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah, I highly recommend checking these out. It's been six movies. Man, when do we start? Like May or June? Yeah, all right. I want to say around. Yeah, I want to yeah, say around. Actually, summer. we just gotta go six months back. Yeah, we we can't. <laughs> We're not good at math or date. <laughs> what year is it? What Anyways, this time around, we watched Howl's Moving Castle, which came out in two thousand four. It is once again directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Sorry. And uh, I'm going to say what it's... It's based, by the way, on the 1986 novel by Diana Wynne-Jones. It was uh, nominated for an Academy Award. It lost, though, to Wallace and Gromit and the Were-Rabbit. And uh, the IMDb little description here is, When an unconfident young woman is cursed with an old body by a spiteful witch, her only chance of breaking the spell lies with a self-indulgent yet insecure young wizard and his companions in his legged walking castle. So once again, just like everything, we were gonna we just stuck with it. We were like, you know what? Let's do this one in Japanese. But you know, I can't find the 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 options, so I just did it in English again. Yeah, it was just on auto for me, so uh, <laughs> I just sort of went with the flow. Yeah, so. so I get this like brown thing out of this box, and I just slide it in this tray, and then it just plays for me. So I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so we're uncultured as fuck. Okay, we get yeah, it. So basically, we watched the Americanized version again. So Christian Bale is in this one. He stars as Hal. Uh, Lauren Bassel is the Witch of the West. Gene Simmons is old Sophie. Emily Mortimer is young Sophie. Uh, a young Josh Hutcherson is uh, Markle. And Billy Crystal is the fire demon Calcifer. So do you guys, both of you guys have never seen this one, right? No, I've never seen that. Correct. No. So let's start with Nabil. What did you, uh, what's your overall think about it? I thought it was really well done. Um, I think that the story itself is a little hard to grasp, maybe for... Um, people that maybe haven't seen the rest of the Studio Ghibli films. Like, if this is your first one going into it, you're going to look at it like, oh, I don't know what's really happening here. Yeah. But 
I thought the film, the animation was amazing. The, some of the, I think it's CG that they had a little bit was really good. The Heart, house. Yeah, especially the, the, the castle. Yeah, the castle. It's like the te- cell can, animation. Yeah, you can tell, especially with the technology at the time, they used it to the max. Yeah, and that's why it, it really looks nice, so yeah. good. And the, my favorite, the best thing I think about the film, though, is that compared to all the Studio Ghibli films, which has excellent voice acting, I, for some reason, I feel like this has the best voice acting. It does. Of I, think so too. I think it sounds just, everything just sounds so on point with it. I I agree with that. I liked I I loved this movie. Um, it was again another Miyazaki masterpiece. Uh, that man could do no wrong. Um, it was just great follow up to some of the other movies. Like Bill said though, like if if this is your first Miyazaki film going in, um, maybe kind of hard to grasp at first, like the plot and the themes. But being familiar with his work and with some of the re- reoccurring themes in the Miyazaki films, uh, the anti-war, um, the there's always a fucking war in these. Yeah, at, like at being out of tune with with uh, with nature. Well, he he eventually became a, a pacifist and was so anti anti-war because he was so for peace, and that's why right. he. Oh yeah, he, and he especially felt, if you've seen Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, and he he Ooh. felt like he he wanted to really showcase that more in this film. But um, the the story and animation uh, are great, and um, this director never fails to impress. But I like the voice acting, although um, some of the uh, since we watched the English dub version, <laughs> some of Crystal Bell's lines kind of seemed like they were like delivered so ordinarily. Like there are some parts where it, it sounds like he's just he's just like this he's just reading. I'm like, bro, I can tell you're just reading. Like, oh, he's trying to do that American accent. That's scruffy American then, accent. Pretty Batman. Then, yeah. so, you know. He's like, this is my Bruce Wayne. And then he gives out his Batman voice. He's I'm like, bro, are you giving it away? He's like, I'm a bird now. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> but um, but no, uh, other than that, as far as the dubbing goes, it's really on yeah. point. Um, Billy Crystal was great as Calcifer. Uh, hilarious. I was, yeah. I loved hearing his voice on this. I was telling Nabil, yeah. do you think he would, he did this shortly after um, Monsters Incorporated. And, you know, Disney did the English dub version of these. I wonder if they were just like, hey, Billy, want to play someone similar? I think so. I think they had like a kind of uh, more erratic character. And I was kind of concerned at first when I saw that Billy Crystal was playing in it because he has a very unique voice. And, you know, he kind of sets a tone, especially in a Miyazaki film where it's going to sound like he's, you know, kind of out of place. But... I don't know. I got to. I got to really hand it to Disney. They did a really good job with all yeah. these dubs, and it's I, it's it worked really well. Aside from Christian Bale, I went in, I went in blind as far as like who the actors were. I wanted to kind of like immerse myself into it, and then I looked it up. Well, Billy Crystal, I knew who it was. Right. I was like, that's Billy Crystal. That's awesome. But um, Emily Mortimer was was really well. Gene Simmons, which is not the Kiss Gene Simmons, by the way. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> older. She's a, her she's an and uh, Lauren uh, Bacall. Are uh, they're both passed away? Unfortunately, they're, yeah. these are the late versions of them. But yeah, um, both are from like super super older films, but classic films like yeah that were very popular oh, yeah. in Hollywood. So they got really good voice talent here. Absolutely. Uh, me personally, I really like the film. This is probably my fourth or fifth time seeing it. The animation, like you said, Nabil, is it just holds up so well for a movie that came out 13 years ago. It's still a movie that really impresses me. The colors pop out. Um, I would, I really like the world that this one is set into it, the fantasy kind of world where, uh, they throw you in this one. They don't really explain yeah, what's going a lot on. Of exposition here. Yeah. It's just, it's like, we get Sophie and she's like, we understand that Sophie's like, doesn't quite believe in herself. And through seeing the actions of Hal and how some, how, 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 how is similar to her. 
And yeah. it's in a way that she has to kind of show him that she's willing to give up on certain things and to, you know, because she can't even talk about why she's been turned to an old lady. And I thought that's that was kind of funny, too, in a way, because she wants to tell him so bad. And then Calcifer actually knows what's going on. Right. But he's such a dick, he doesn't do anything about it. <laughs> it was it was also interesting to see a, a lead character, because most of his other leads were in their youth or were in their adolescence. And it's it, in contrast here, he chose someone who got turned into like an old, like an elderly person. Yeah. See, to see them carry that role as well, too. I thought that was pretty interesting and, mm-hmm. and gave like... Some, this movie a, a, a kind of like a newer feeling than some of his other films. Yeah, I enjoyed and, that. And jumping off of uh, Nabil's uh, similar themes, and Marco said it too, I think you get a lot of that. There's more to somebody than what appears, especially with Sophie as an yeah. old person, but she's right. really a young lady. And even with like The Witch of the Waste, it's it's a common theme in um, in Miyazaki films where the bad guy becomes an ally. Right. Like that's common, like almost in every one of them. And yeah. that was that that part where it shows uh, the witch and um, the little dog that kind of just joins the group all of a sudden. Um, that that right there is a staple in his films. But definitely like what Marco was saying is that that's that's what really changed the tone of how this film is, was that they started with an older character. They didn't give you a lot of exposition. I mean, he doesn't typically do, but the way they set up the world, you found it through dialogue. Like, you know, that there's a war going on between multiple kingdoms. You know, that's yeah. nothing. That was just tossed into the They, side they let the characters carry the yeah, story. Just happening. And then you find out about there's wizards and everybody just knows about them. You mm-hmm. know, like, these are things that happen. And that's a different way of him telling it versus, like, a child finding it out for the first time and experiencing it. It's more like, no, we already know about this. So yeah. it's just, just going to be a part of life. Kind of thing. Interesting what you said, James, about the quote-unquote villains essentially becoming allies mm-hmm. it's it, you're right like it, it's almost like it's always based on perspective um what these the motives of these characters like it's yeah it's not just that they're bad but you know something happened or they're lacking something and sophie was was able to help the the witch of the waste that uh, reconcile with herself and in turn find the good in herself yeah which is almost like uh, a shout out to um, a call to to redemption that people yeah. can redeem themselves from doing from these mistakes or from doing bad things. Yeah, definitely. Um, also, when they make the breakfast, that's like the most. It looks so goddamn good, dude. <laughs> dude every time. That's like, also a staple in Ghibli films is they always cook at a certain point in the, in the movies. Every yeah. one of them. There's a scene. And they always look really good. Yeah. And somebody has to scarf it. One yeah. like there's always one. When Kalsar was eating it, I was like, "Man, I'm hungry." There's there is a YouTube video that sh- kind of shows you how to cook like the Miyazaki Studio films. Studio Ghibli films. Yeah, yeah I've right? seen it. I've yeah, seen I it. was like, oh, can it's we pretty fu- cool too. Can we fucking do this, guys? <laughs> I was like, I want to do it. Okay, so overall, guys, that was it. Basically, we all liked it. This is our last Studio Ghibli film that we followed through for the fest. I do want to let people know real quick. Because you should be able to still see this movie by the time that this podcast comes out. It's going to be playing on three different days. So it's going to be November 26th, 27th, and 29th. If you want to see it in the uh, dubbed English version, that's on the 26th and 29th. 27th, we'll have the subtitled version with um, Japanese, the native language. So guys, overall, what did you think about the uh, Studio Ghibli films for 2017? I think it had a good selection of films. Um, it had a good range of kind of different themes. 
um, also at the same time showing kind of similarities, but everyone had it was very unique and it wasn't too because um, he has some that are a little bit over the top. Well, I guess I could say more Japanese than it would be, you know, attracting one like, Western yeah. uh, audiences. <laughs> and so this was a good selection to, to kind of get anybody who hasn't seen a Studio Ghibli film. Because before this, which of the ones, okay, there were six films total. How many were new for you? Uh, from the ones here, I'm looking at uh, three. Three were new to me. Nice. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Marco? Uh, I, I thought I agree with Nabil. Um, I think it was an excellent selection, uh, it, really good balance between adventure and then action as well too. Because mm-hmm. some of the, some of the movies had more action than the others. Others had more of an adventure type theme to them. Yes. Um, but overall, like just a great blend of classic films that I think that everyone at some point in their life needs to watch these movies. Like they're, it's just such a great appreciation of the animation. And the inspiration that these movies give to uh, future movies in in those genres as well too, um, yeah. But I, uh, out of all of them, uh, four of them were new to me. Oh, nice. Yeah, and um, um, I loved every single one of them. Yeah, definitely. I thought this was a really good selection too, especially starting out. Uh, I agree with Nabil. There are a few that are a lot more deeper down in the Japanese culture. The one that comes to mind always is like Pompoko. Yeah. which is the one about the raccoons and it's like a spirit it was just common knowledge in japan but over here we'd be like what the fuck so it's nice that we went even from like the very beginning we did this one i noticed focused a lot on the ones that came out in the 80s not so much the ones in the 90s so I, hopefully if they do it again next year i you know i wouldn't mind doing it again so i'm assuming it'd be six more films because i think there's 18 to 20 of them or something. yeah about i've there. seen them all but i mean they're really good so yeah. Um, it's strange to me that they didn't include like Princess Mononoke or even Porco Rosso, I but think, I, I get think it. Still get yeah. For as far as mainstream is concerned, like you're gonna get the taste of the older ones that still hold up really well. They're yeah. very popular, and then I think mostly because Spirit of Away and Howl's Moving Castle are Oscar nominated. Right, that kind of helped to, to uh, show that it's familiar to the Western world too. Like they yeah. can't even recognize these films. But also Princess Mononoke is also very well known to probably I think true. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people when they think Studio Ghibli, they either think My Neighbor Totoro, Princess Mononoke, and uh, Spirited Away. But I, I'd yeah. say a lot of, a lot more people, at least in, in my circle of friends, have seen Princess Mononoke a lot more. Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe further down the line, like I know my nieces always bring up like Ponyo right off the bat. Yeah. So that's like the newer generation though. I wouldn't be shocked if next year's one you see something like that. Um, Last question though, guys, which one out of the six, let me just go over them real quick, was your favorite and why? So we have My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Castle in the Sky, Nasca of the Valley of the Wind, Spirited Away, and Howl's Moving Castle. What about, uh, which one did you like the best, Nabil? Out of the six here, I still like Spirited Away the most. Um, I think it's just... A good overall, good balance. It's 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 a children. It's good for children. It has a good story. Um, it's got it's very entertaining. I mean, the stuff that goes on. It's there's nothing too scary or dangerous. Um, but at the same time, um, the animation's amazing. The voiceover is yeah. great. I mean, like the film has everything and it works well. And anybody can really. If you've never seen the Studio Ghibli film, you can watch right away. Get into that and get into the world of that. Um, and if you have, I mean, it's easy just to keep watching over and over again. Nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? Um, I would have to say um, it's kind of a tie, but um, I'll go with uh, Castle in the Sky. Nice. Really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, I like the theme of it, um, the animation for um, 
for its time was really great. Uh, I enjoyed the story a lot. Um, and the musical score in that movie um, was also one that kind of sold me on that. I kind of always feel like that's the one that people forget about, by the way. Castle in the Sky, because it gets mixed up in that 80s films. Yeah. Because yeah. right after that, you have Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, and even same year as uh, Totoro, you have um, Grave of the Fireflies. So I feel like that's the one. But I really like like the space pirates in that one. Yeah. Like the air pirates. That's that was really cool. Uh, for me, it's Spirit Away, too. That's one of my favorite films. Right off the bat, it's the one I think is, like Nabil said, it's really consistent with the story. Yeah. The um, I really like that the girl finds out about herself and that she can't rely on other people and has kind of like an inner strength to kind of go on without her family and like learns about more people. And it's also very much like the other themes of not judging a book by the cover. So, and the, I think the animation is great too. So, so that, that's the one that was a tie with me. It was yeah. like, it was a tie between Spirit Away and Castle in the Sky. Oh, mine would be like Spirit Away and Kiki's Delivery Service. Cause I was seeing the oh, same. No, I've seen Kiki like 12 times though. So it's like, okay. Okay. So that is everything we've been watching. So now we're going to go over a quick news item. What's in the news? So here, quick little news thing. You guys would think at this point that we're probably sponsored by MoviePass, but we're not. Um, oh, so, uh, we wouldn't mind if we would. Yeah, or were. You, um, you know, we'll give you good press. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so MoviePass is temporarily right now six ninety five a month, which is a fantastic fucking deal. That's a steal. Yeah. So they got rid of at least for a limited time the nine ninety nine monthly pass, um, and the only option if they you haven't signed up yet. They didn't get rid of it technically. Well, it's I, on a, it's like on a freeze. It's on right it's now. on hold right now. Yeah. The only option right now to sign up for is the the annual pass for the yeah. short period of time. Yeah, but the nine eight five will eventually come back. Eventually. Come back. Yeah. I think it's only for a month. Yeah. So you have to pay an annual fee up front of about ninety bucks. It comes out to like eighty nine ninety five or something like that. So and, it, and then a convenience fee of like six fifty five. That's included with that. So yeah, yeah six ninety five times twelve plus six ninety oh, okay. five again. Oh, okay. I read something that that was separate. Yeah, they only charge. Me, they're only going to charge me one thing. I signed up for it because that's a fantastic deal. I have a feeling that the what's going to happen is they're going to increase the price. That's why they yeah. might bring back the nine ninety five like for a month, and then after that, I think they're going to either jump to fifteen or twenty dollars. Well, uh, according to Variety, um, oh, one of my favorite sources. Uh, they said that uh, after the year, it would go back to the 995. So hmm. f- as of right now, though, but like James was saying, that could probably change between now and then. A year's a long time. Yeah, once again, I have no proof of that. That's just yeah. a gut feeling. I, I think it's a good way as well for them to get more uh, liquidity out of this. Um, right now, even if they've got a few million people signed up for it for uh, 10 bucks, getting $90 per person, even if it's a few a million people, you, know, you got $90 million right there. Yeah, um, that's a really good deal to lock them in, and they have a lot more capital to work with. So, and it's a guarantee, yeah, that people them. will use the service for a full year, and it also makes a great holiday gift for moviegoers. And I yeah, think that's part it of it too, too because of the holidays. They <laughs> you want can't gift, gift it. it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I would say it's a really good deal too. I've already used MoviePass nine times. This is how the ninety things. This is oh, how it wrecked up. I just realized it. This is how it wrecked up. <laughs> I signed up. I got my card. You I haven't have used it yet. He's like, really, I might, like we've talked I might about shit. I might use it. This, it. I might use it for cocoa, baby. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So we just want to give everyone a heads up. I know we've kind of been talking about Movie Pass every fucking week. So 
check it out. Six yeah, ninety five. So, and if you've already signed up for it, just go ahead and check out this deal and switch on to that plan. I'd say if, if you've you already use used it once per month, you're bound to use it the rest of the year. If you can afford the ninety bucks, like once again, that's not exactly the cheapest upfront fee, but it pays you for a year. Like yeah. they're not going to charge me again for a year, which is kind of nice. And now we're going to go to the topic of the week: buying a bill. It's the topic of the week. Yeah, so we've been watching a lot of uh, comic book movies. It's comic book season. Um, and it's always comic book season. It really is. Every day. In the summer. All day. Tell and in fact, this is, I think, the last comic book movie of the year is Justice League. DC Marvel-wise, DC yeah. Marvel, yeah. Yeah. I figured that the best topic this week would be to find out what our top three best uh, comic book or graphic novel-based movies are. Because there's been plenty of them now. We have a lot more to talk <laughs> It's about. a smorgasbord yeah. of them. Too um, many. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's there's a lot, um, and this is over, you know, however many years now. But um, yeah, so many we're gonna go over Marco. the top three uh, best, uh, or at least we feel best comic book or graphic novel uh, based movies. Um, so let's uh, start with James. What do you got for your top uh, number three? So for my number three, I went a little bit, you know, not DC or Marvel wise here. I went. Well, actually, it is a DC. It went through the vertical way, but um, Road to Perdition. I really nice. like a lot. Yeah. It's a movie that I right. haven't seen in a while either, but it's stuck with me practically my entire life since I've seen it well, 15 years ago. So uh, Road to Perdition is a 2002 film. It's based on a graphic novel by Max Allen Collins. It was directed by Sam Mendes, who you guys may know directed American Beauty in 1999, Jarhead in 2005, uh, Revolutionary Road in 2008, and yeah, Skyfall in 2012. Good movies. Um, first off, this has an all-star cast. It has Tom Hanks. He plays Michael Sullivan, a hitman for the Irish mob, but played by Paul Newman, who plays John Rooney. And then his son is Daniel Craig. Uh, play, uh, Daniel Craig plays Connor Rooney. And then Jude Law is another hitman named McGuire. And then I didn't even realize this, but a young Tyler Hoechlin is the kid in that one, Michael Sullivan Jr. He was in uh, Everybody Wants Some and also plays Superman in the Supergirl um, series. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's in that one. Just a bunch of like famous names here. Yeah, yeah. that's what I mean. It's all sort of cast. reason I like it, uh, just going in the quick little uh, kind of synopsis of the film is basically Tom Hanks's son in the film, Michael Sullivan Jr., witnesses a shootout that happens where Michael, who Tom Hanks, has to kill some people. And they're supposed to stay quiet about it, but... Connor, who plays Daniel Craig's character, basically, is they're not so cool about the kid knowing that what happened. So they end up going in and murdering everybody in Mike's um, family, basically. Jesus. And the way that it works out is that they actually don't kill Mike Jr. or Michael Sullivan. So they're on the run. And then basically it's about a father on the run with his son, but also kind of a revenge film. Uh, it has some of the best cinematography I've ever seen. Um, panel for panel there's shots of it that are ideally like almost the same as the comic it looks really good uh tom hanks is super good in this movie so is paul newman check it out it's a really good movie definitely one i haven't seen but i totally want to see i mean it's one of those that kind of like slipped past me but one i've always wanted to see it's super violent too but i would highly recommend it it's not a film that tom hanks has done too much times but a movie that I, I think 
it really holds up even today. Like I've seen it probably a couple years back, but I know kind of a weird third choice, but that's the one I like. No, right definitely, on. definitely a good choice, um, and it's uh, something that's worth watching if you haven't seen that before. Uh, what about you, Marco? What do you got for your number three? Well, I'm gonna go a little basic because uh, you know I'm a basic <laughs> bitch. Uh, so uh, <laughs> mine, mine's a controversial pick, but I don't care. It's my opinion. You can uh, challenge me all you want, but it is Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, right. the rated R version. Okay, Nabil, what's your third choice? <laughs> Why do you like that, Marco? Um, look, it's it's the first time that Batman and Superman share the screen, and the first time that Wonder Woman ever enters the the silver screen as well, too. If you uh, haven't seen it or don't know what the hell we're talking about, it stars Henry Cavill, obviously, and of course it stars Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot, um, and it's just a great blend of for me uh deconstruction of these characters as well as excellent action sequences and um kind of like a a, a way to bring these characters into in like a realistic way not just in a comic book uh action movie fashion and that's what really captivated me about the story um it has its problems of course but um like ultimately this is this was something that I'd been waiting for since I was seven, eight years old and saw Batman on screen for the first time and had watched all the Superman movies with Christopher Reeve. I'd wanted to see these characters like in in a freaking big major motion picture film for the longest time and it was finally gonna happen. And even if it wasn't like perfect or a hundred percent, I would still forgive that just for the sake of seeing these guys in an iconic battle that I was just all giddy about. So that that's one of the main reasons I really enjoyed it. And also, I thought the performances were great from each character. It wasn't um, as comedic or, like, as... It was a darker tone. Yeah, it was more serious tone. But at the time, they were trying to go off of what Christopher Nolan had established for his version of of Batman, and I think that it was that that sort of uh, dry seriousness was translated well into the film. That's my opinion. Um, but hell, I, I fuck, I, I stand by it, man. I'll tell you what: out of everything about that film that may be wrong, it looked really good. It, it the visually it's amazing and you know that's thanks to Zack Snyder so I'll, I'll give you that for sure v- visually um, and even the score was great yeah, as well was really uh, it's good. got iconic music there I mean it's that's one of the things that that made um, like the Batman from the late 80s early 90s and the Superman from the 70s and early 80s uh, stand out was with were those iconic themes and I feel like that the fact that this movie had such great cinematography and a great score to go along with it and um, a story that I mean I I thought you know made sense and also carried well along the screen um, blended well together that's I mean that's that's just how I feel about it man <laughs> it's just Don't like I defend I want <laughs> I know like I know I'm gonna get shit for it but <laughs> dude every time I watch it I've seen that fucking movie like ten times dude. And I know it's a three fucking hour long movie, especially the cut that you like. Yeah, but hey, you know I enjoy it every time, and every and every time I watch it, I find something new that I like. 
Well, no comment. <laughs> uh, my number three pick um, was a movie called uh, A History of Violence. Uh, it's an adapt- adaptation of a 1997 graphic novel. It's got the same name by uh, John Wagner and Vince Locke. Uh, stars Viggo Mortensen and uh, Ed Harris, and I think it was directed by David Cronenberg. Yeah, David Cronenberg. Got that name right. <laughs> Um, we don't botch names on this pod, yeah, yeah, right. sir. If you need to look that sure. shit up, you let me yeah, know. Okay. Sure. Um, so basically, it's about uh, a pair of criminals that try to rob a small town diner. Um, Viggo Mortensen is the owner of that diner, um, happens to be there, and he quickly ease and easily kills them without a sweat. Um, gets really famous really quick with the sword of Elendale. Sorry, what movie is it again? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> History of violence, History man. Of violence. God damn it, that's Lord of the Rings. Didn't he do that too? He didn't do that. Why do I always pick on Nabil when he talks? Sorry, go ahead, Nabil. Go. God damn it. Anyways, he uh, all of a sudden he gets uh, kind of famous on television and is all talking about him. And Ed Harris's character, Carl Fogarty, um, kind of sees him on TV, heads over to the, the diner, um, and finds out that he reminds him a lot of this long missing Philadelphia mobster. Um, and apparently. Um, that's where the story takes off. Is Who's that, the wife in that one again? Uh, Mari, Mar, Maria, Maria Bello. Yeah, she Eddie. does really good in that one too. Yeah, it's she it, was in that. Wow, she, she was. I yeah, forgot, I mean, yeah. it was really good the way they, they did this film. It's it's a very smaller film. Um, there's the really action well is very deliberate. What they show over there, um, and Viggo Mortensen tries really hard not to kick any ass. <laughs> <laughs> Really hard. He he's you know he's gritting he his teeth the whole time. He's like, I don't want to kill you. He's he like tries. when Superman couldn't save his dad. <laughs> yeah. Just so, so Marco, he's like, he's like, got it. That's a man of steel for the reference. He's okay. Sorry, Nabil. I confused a lot of this film with Eastern Promises, apparently. But no, this film is still super violent from what yeah, I remember. It's still pretty violent. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's solid film though. Yeah, it's 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 really well done, and um, this is back in two thousand five, and so this was kind of in, right after uh, Vigo did the uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. Yeah, so it was kind of like a lower, low key film that didn't get too much attention. Good uh, movie though, but it was really well done. Yeah. Nice. I forgot. I actually forgot about the whole. That's why he didn't want to save anyone. It's because he was hiding. That's why the whole time. Yeah. 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 That's a good twist. Uh, so number two, what do you got, James? So for my number two. You know what? I'm going to mix it up a little bit because I know everyone's going to do Dark Knight. So mine is Dark Knight 2008. Christopher, directed by Christopher Nolan. It's Christian Bale's uh, Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Heath Ledger is a Joker. Aaron Eckhart is Harvey Dent. Maggie Gyllenhaal as Rachel. Gary Oldman as Gordon. And Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. So this one, I think, is going to be on all of our guys' list. This is probably the best Batman film I've ever seen. It oh, combines yeah. a lot of realism with um, the kind of darkness that Batman is, I guess. And I think Heath Ledger as a Joker does a performance of a lifetime. Obviously, he won a posthumous uh, Academy Award for this one yeah. as well. I think that is probably the one film out of all the comic book films that gets the villain 100%. Definitely. And I think his take on the villain, even though I love Jack Nicholson's uh take on 1989 Batman, of course. I think Mark would agree with that. Yeah. They both have their different tastes and flair to it, but I think Heath Ledger as a Joker nails it, and I think even like Jared Leto is probably even kind of copying him a bit to a point, even though he's trying to add his new Joker self. But um, solid film, great action, a lot of drama. 
cinematography is just amazing. They're just the shots, the way he mm-hmm. shoots each scene, not just the IMAX scenes, but just any of the shots that you see him looking over the city. It's very, know. it's very epic. Wow. It's an epic film. It's uh, one that finally brings uh, a, a really good uh, storyline around these two characters. I mean, not that Batman 89 didn't, but this one sticks more to its roots and origins of these yeah. two characters. And really gives into uh, the fact uh, that they both Batman and the Joker can't can't exist without each other, and yeah. and really delves into that 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 um, killing, paradox. Yeah, especially yeah. something that was brought up during the Killing Joke, I think too. And I like how they nail that, and I like how he can finally move his neck in this one. <laughs> yeah, first that no, was, seriously, it's the first Batman oh, yeah, where he yeah. can turn his neck. Yeah, it it changed the game. It totally changed the game because we can't go back. Because prior to that, I mean, he would do the whole the shoulder, turn his shoulder turn. Yeah. Like, which is, I always think of Batman Returns. I'm like, damn, yeah. he really cannot turn around. But what, uh, one of my favorite scenes of, of that, if you haven't seen this movie, then uh, you're, I'm sorry, but I'm going to spoil out. it. Yeah, it uh, is the, the interrogation scene. Uh, that whole scene where Batman is beating the Joker to a pulp and... Like he's Ledger nailed it, and I found out recently that he actually made Christian Bale hit him for real, and he was just laughing maniacally, you know, just saying that there's nothing Batman can do. Yeah. Is still like one of my favorite scenes of that movie. Christian Bale's like, "What are you?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Predator two fucking quote. What the hell? But it it was uh, it, it was just the epitome of both those characters, and I thought that uh, Nolan did a great job at. Um, getting them right and if nothing else it gave us the greatest memes ever of christian bell trying to be a batman voice so, <laughs> what is rachel dude when he said <laughs> yeah shit that's that's one of the first this is the does. one where he got criticized a bit for the voice yeah and then i think in the dark knight rises he toned it down a bit yeah but i like i, I didn't have problems they, they amplified it a bit more in in yeah. the dark knight because they wanted it to sound more like he was using a voice modulator. Which I think they do pretty well in yeah. the Batman stuff, too. Yeah. Which, I mean, it was, you know... Yeah. It implied, but, you know, some people... Well, yeah. Would, well, why does his voice sound like that? That's my number two, though, pretty guys. Big. The Dark Knight. And you, Marco? Um, my number two uh, is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Oh, you know what? Let's just get out there. That's my number two as well. So. <laughs> basic sons of bitches. Uh, we are film. so basic. Uh, directed it's a good by spy film. <laughs> it's a good spy film. Yeah, <laughs> uh, is uh, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. The Russo uh, brothers. The Russo brothers. Uh, stars Chris Evans as Captain America. Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. Scarlett Johansson as uh, Black Widow. Robert Redford, which was a nice little surprise in that film. He was uh, Alexander Pierce and, of course, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier. And the introduction of Anthony Markey as uh, Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Falcon. I just thought that this movie really gave us the best version of Captain America. The first Avenger, I felt, was a great introduction to the character of Captain America, uh, Captain Rogers. But I felt that the Winter Soldier actually gave us the the version that that we all wanted from the comic books. Um, it was just the, the, the tone, the change of tone from it being slightly campy to just going a little bit more 
serious and being more kind of like a like a spy film uh, from like the seventies type of feel. I think gave it a great flair and similar to how The Dark Knight had a great villain. Uh, Sebastian Stan's Winter Soldier was was great in this film. Um, he was menacing. He had uh, depth. You actually cared about that character as well too, especially knowing that it's you know Captain Rogers' fallen friend, Bucky Barnes. Um, it just had great chemistry amongst the characters, and um, just overall, just overall had a great uh, plot. It it just. Uh, picked up well after the events of uh the avengers and captain rogers just reacclimating himself into society and his place as far as where his his morals will take him and what his duty will be now in this modern world and you know the the thing i really like about this film and, and the reason it's my number two is because this movie the way they set up the plot there's a lot it's very easy to to, to fub, fub it all up and just make it all very um, all over the place, convoluted. You know, you've got the spy intrigue. You've got, you know, you've got S.H.I.E.L.D. with espionage and traitors and, and you know, treasonous people there. You've got evil villains. You've got um, se- secret undercover stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you've got all this comic book things going on and the sci-fi stuff. And you could really water it down and make it just seem like it's garbage, but but they put it all together so well, yeah. And everything ties in like so perfectly, where you have Steve Rogers, the good guy, trying to just do the right thing, and everything around him is falling apart, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's trying to find out the source and the truth, and and the stakes are so high. And I'm gonna spoil this, but um, you, I'm assuming you've already seen it if you watch all the Avengers films if not well too bad <laughs> but you know it, the way it ends the, uh, compared to all the other superhero films the stakes are so high that the outcome isn't that oh we saved the world no the whole organization collapsed and now yeah. everybody's gone underground and that's what the biggest thing is yeah, yeah it's like he, he's able to, to, to stop the major event from happening but wasn't an actual win similar to like the, the, the Dark Knight where you know he stopped the Joker, but the, the damage was already done. Was it was cost. it a yeah like what like was it a win? It's like the the good guys are still left with a just like holy fuck type moment. Like yeah. what and the it, fuck? It, did it I forces you through? to check out Agents of Shield seasons two and three <laughs> to find out how they get Shield d- debatable back running uh, debatable because you know it shows you hey this is how Shield nobody ended, reads the epilogue. And this is things. how it goes. That's the and end. We're done. Now you know why there's a helicarrier in uh, fucking... And that's the end of the pod today, so... uh, (laughs) No, No, um, real talk, though, I I think Winter Soldier is the first time we see, um, outside of the Avengers, I guess, but Winter Soldier itself is, I think, when Chris Evans is the most comfortable being Captain America, finally. Yeah. As opposed to First Avenger, where you can tell he's he's getting used to being famous, in a way. Yeah. And then then that shitty costume in the Avengers, I know. I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked his costume in Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. But I like that. I like the mix of action in there, the twist, which is pretty easy to see, but I enjoyed that too. And overall, uh, it's a really solid film. So, yeah. Like it, I said it, before, it's a it's a cool spy film. Yeah. yeah. It, it is. It just, and the fact that they have most, Robert Redford in it. Yeah. It's like most, an ode to like 80s. Yeah. Most importantly, it, it forces the plot, the story, it forces the characters to grow. It actually causes true growth in the character that carries on and continues on into the future installments, even with, uh, you know, calling back to the Dark Knight, again, it causes, it forces Batman to, to grow into, like, 
who he was meant to be. In this movie, The Winter Soldier does that for Captain America. And, and that that's what I really That's a good about point this. because the first film, I mean, was definitely, you know, just a setup of Captain America. But the even then, like all th- three really Captain America films helped propel the overall story of the Marvel Universe. Because yeah. you've got the first one with the Tesseract. And then you've got the second one with, um, you know, shield collapsing. And then you have the third one with essentially Civil War setting up Avengers. So, um, uh, Age of Ultron. So, that was an, that's a really other good thing about just the... Uh, well, Civil War is after Age of Ultron. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I meant to say um, Infinity Wars. Yeah. My mistake. Um, and But that's what they're doing. They're setting up everything to go into... The next big event versus um, like the Iron Man, Iron Man movies, which are pretty self-contained, even though he he personally is reeling from effects from the other films. Um, the film itself is is pretty intact to itself. Thor the same way, you know, all the other ones yeah. are kind of just self-contained for the most part. Um, but Captain America really involves the universe altogether to push it forward. So that's also a good thing as well. I almost I wish Winter Soldier was um, the Avengers too. Uh, I agree. It would have yeah. been a better story. Yeah. Have been a better story. Yeah, cool though. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my number two as well. Uh, and so, James, number one. So my number one, it's probably a controversial pick too. Because I got goddamn Zack Snyder, but um, I super love Watchmen, the 2009 movie based on the Good graphic choice. novel by yeah. Alan Moore. So yeah, directed by Zack Snyder. It was almost a tie between this and like 300 because I really like 300 a lot. Um, it stars Malin Ackerman as Silk Spectre, um, Billy Crudup as Dr. Manhattan, Matthew Good as Adrian Veet, and uh, Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian, and then Patrick Wilson as Nine Owl. So this is, a, I really am a big fan of the Watchmen comics, actually. And I remember in the years 2008 to 2009 when this was coming up, I was so fucking hyped for this movie. Like, beyond hyped, because... Watchmen itself seemed like a movie that was impossible to make. And although people do criticize the differences in this movie compared to the comic, because there are a couple differences that are changed, um, man, this movie's really, really well done, man. I think the acting... outside Malin Ackerman's probably the weak point of this movie, truthfully. Who? Malin Ackerman plays Silk Spectre. Yeah. I don't think she can act for shit, but... And <laughs> just don't even think she's... Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. She's barely in the movie, I guess. But, um... It had probably one of the best soundtracks to a um, a movie that I've, I've ever heard. On top of that, um, I got to sit on a panel where we got to question, like, talk to Zack Snyder too. So maybe that makes me super fucking biased. And I actually got to talk. <laughs> maybe. And I got to talk to the fucking like people and ask them questions. So that was really cool. But I think just put your the shirt back on, way James. The cinematography, shut up. <laughs> cinematography of the film is really well done. I think the beginning sequence of the murder of the comedian, and they're playing um, "Unforgettable" yeah. by Nat King Cole in the background yeah. is like one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever seen. Period in a movie, it goes so well for such a violent scene. And then I think Jackie Earl Haley as Rorschach is maybe one of the best comic book characters like ever on film just because he's so fucking crazy and i and he like nailed the character his, dude he nails the character yeah. uh, just like the damn um the uh, the comic itself he is basically like tonally like the same person he got the voice like obviously you don't have a voice in the comic but the voice of him is a very memorable voice like yeah. i can recall it in my head all the time every time i want to Murder someone, you know? Yeah. I'm like, March 13th, 1977. 
a whore is dead. Shit like that. But I mean, it's a really well done, especially I would say the ultimate cut. If you have four hours to burn, you know, who doesn't, right? I, I can attest that it's uh, well worth it. It doesn't even feel like that long. I will say that, and and Marco, you may disagree with me on this, but I think for Zack Snyder, for the story he was trying to tell, especially for the Watchmen comics, which is a really hard story to put in one movie. Especially the Dr. Manhattan sequences. Yeah, especially with Dr. Manhattan, because there's a lot more going on with... with it's hard to digitize a giant penis, I know. <laughs> he did a really good job to tell that story from start to finish, especially with the the Ultimate Cut, or I don't know what they call it. Um, That's Ultimate Cut. Um, putting that all together in one film, um, the way it looked, the way, like you were saying, the scenes were put together... Um, and just the way he made the story, it, it, for me, it did, was very fluid um, from start to finish. Yeah. Um, and everybody's background, you got everything you needed to know was there. He that was like that was probably Zack Snyder at his peak for as far as films are concerned. You know, like that's his masterpiece for him. I agree. Yeah. I. <laughs> I'd say that's his. I half and half agree. I think that's his. I think I half and half agree. But I, I do think that it is a great film, especially the ultimate cut, as James was saying. Um, It's a fuller version. You get a better grasp of these characters, at the story. Uh, It's all the fucking detail. Um, The fact that it's it's literally like tearing a page out of the graphic novel and just placing it on the screen, which a some people have a problem with. But I mean, if like for us fanboys we like we we fucking enjoyed that we thought that that was excellent and um calling back to some of the great um uh cinematography uh the sequence where dr manhattan is uh reliving how he got turned into uh, how he got his powers that scene every time like i love that scene and like the extended the ultimate cut version is even better uh because you get like more detail of it as well but it's it's so tragic at the same time that you just like really feel what this guy is going through in that moment reliving like this tragedy over and over and over again in his mind um it's it's just so great and i I really enjoyed it. It's it's also one of my favorite comic book movies also. Yeah, I think it, it and especially near the end too, it gives you the question of like the whole question is like who watches the Watchmen? Yeah. Yeah. And it's in a way also the Doomsday Clock is like mankind's like total failure at fucking life basically too and when you find out the plot wise what happens because Ozymandias is, you know, kind of reveals something near the end. And I think it's even relatable to the point where you're like rooting for that not to happen. It's not exactly a happy ending. No. Like Rorschach's the one person that I think represents the viewers. Mm-hmm. And he's the one like, what the hell? He's like, we can't do this. It's not the right thing, right now. But everyone else is like, well, I guess we can. But I, I don't know. Even leaving it like that, that's very similar to how the comic ends. Not exactly. Right. But man, what a what an ending. And it's one of those things where I I I can watch that film like every year. And it never gets old for me. Very good choice. Solid choice. What about you, Marco? Number one. Well, shit. Mine's already one that's already been talked about. But I'll go ahead and say it. But my number one comic book movie, uh, it's biased because he is my favorite superhero, is The Dark Knight. Damn, I thought you were about to say Eastern Promises. Fuck. (laughs) 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 That fucking, uh, that spa scene, man. I'm telling you, dude. Towels flying off. Dicks. Yeah. 
bare naked knife fighting to the death. Steven but Morgenson, yeah, you know, we, we already went over it, why it's great. But uh, to me, I could like, just like James can watch uh, Watchmen, you know, every year, I can watch The Dark Knight once a month every fucking time. And it, it's still amazing to me. You know, my number one is also Dark Knight. But um, nice. I will give you this caveat that the one thing that is probably another great thing about the film, but um, isn't done well in other films is that they were able to successfully remove Katie Holmes from the second film with Maggie Gyllenhaal, and no one cared. No one gave a shit. Yes. Truthfully, that's the one weakness of the film, is that Rachel doesn't matter to yeah. me. Didn't even matter. She's, yeah. the, she's the thing that finally breaks him away from like any kind of a connection to another human, which I understand, which leaves him as a broken person by the third one. Yeah. But goddamn. It didn't matter. No, really <laughs> she, yeah, she was the last thing that would have uh, kept them from needing the Batman, as she stated in the movie. Um, How much people and, do you think seen that and didn't realize they're the same character? I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people noticed. It, it's yeah. true, and even still, like her death is still a powerful scene, though. It is. Think about oh. it. For it's Batman, it's crazy because Joker Batman. played him. All right, so that is our topic of the week. Thanks to Bill. Now we're on to our review of Justice League. All right, so we're going to do our review of Justice League here. Our IMDb summary of it is fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act. Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. So the film stars, uh, it's directed by, oh, technically it's directed by Zack Snyder. Slash Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon the credit. came in and um, patched up a couple things. Uh, stars Ben Affleck as Batman, Bruce Wayne, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, Diana Prince, Ezra Miller as The Flash, Barry Allen, uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman slash Arthur Carey, Ray Fisher as Cyborg slash Victor Stone, and uh, Jeremy Irons as Alfred, and then for Steppenwolf, the bad guy, Kieran Hines uh, did the voice of him. So, yeah, and uh, let's let's just start with Marco here. How'd you, how'd you like the movie, Marco? Uh, I thought it was fucking fantastic. Uh, it's not the perfect movie, but I loved it nevertheless. Um, first, again, first time, all these iconic characters uh, were put on the screen, and it delivered for me. I mean, this is something that many people have been waiting for for years, and yeah, everybody you know wanted uh, an instant Marvel hit, but I think I, I think with the amount of time that they've had and with the way that they're introducing these characters, they they made it work. And as a fan of these heroes, that's not stuck on comic book doctrine. I felt they had a great modern touch. And he, like I, the, the villain, of course, was just something that comic book movies these days are uh, a little bit lacking, especially when they, when they go full CGI. But you know what? Steppenwolf actually was... A little bit better than some of the other CGI characters that I see. So. I think Steppenwolf is the best CG in this movie, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think, <clears throat> Nibble? Uh I thought it was better than I expected it to be. Uh, the I tell you, the characters work well together. They did a really good job putting those characters together. I like that they felt like a team. The, the the whole you know, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman is the uh, the mother of the group, and I kind of yeah. like that she was taking take charge. Mm-hmm. Um, they did great on the character. Scenes were great. Fight scenes were good when they had the fight scenes. Steppenwolf at the end, the, the battle scene was actually pretty fun um, to watch. 
Um, plot for me was a bit thin. It started out kind of strong. They didn't really give him too much motivation. Um, but I kind of, I guess I got it. But then it just everything seemed a little thin after that. Um, as far as the overarching plot, but throughout the whole film, the character development that was the best part of the film. And like that's that's what I think about that. I think the point was like the the characters come together. Yeah, that's my opinion. Yeah, um, I had fun with the film. I thought it was better than I came in pretty low expectations. Um, I liked it better than Batman vs Superman. Definitely, I think it had more of a. Um, Although it was a simple plot, it had a plot. I would say that it's definitely not Wonder Woman, so I wouldn't compare the two. Although I did like all the characters. I think the casting for this movie was incredibly well done. It was on point. For this um, I like where the characters are at the end of the film. It leads to something where I'm actually positive on the future of the DC franchises, which is something that, you know, after three films that weren't as well received by everyone, it's been kind of in the negative light. I liked the mix of humor in this one, a little bit more lightheartedness, which yeah. which helps out because it gives you more of a kind of a hopefulness for it, which I think Wonder Woman nails. And um, it's something that they tried to carry on more into this one. Truthfully, you know, Zack Snyder probably, he was going for more of a darker tone still regardless. And then you can tell a lot of times that Joss Whedon would come back in and change it up, especially a lot of the character development scenes that you guys are talking about. Yeah, And I think those worked out the best for that reason. Um, you get a lot more background, although you don't get too much background on them because they're all going to get their own individual movies down the road. I still overall had a fun time with the film. Uh, definitely not perfect. I think Steppenwolf was one of the weaker points of it. Um, his plan made sense, and I understand they needed to get something where it's a uh, Earth kind of destroying kind of a, this yeah. is why we need to unite. Um, I still think they should have went with just like a dark side invasion, which would have been cool, but I understand. Um, I also wish Green Lantern was in the film too, but there were some good cameos though. The, the setups over there were nice. Yeah, goddamn and poster though. Unite the seven. You mean unite the six? I guess. I, yeah, I think that <laughs> they jumped the gun a bit, didn't they? I think what the what the thing they did do good with is that they didn't oversaturate the film with no, characters. no, and I think, <laughs> and truthfully, two hours was probably okay for this one. Uh, we talked about it for 15 minutes more probably would have just, just been a nice add a little bit more. I don't yeah. mean it needs to be two and a half, two hours, two hours, mm-hmm. 10, 10 more minutes of something just just enough they to cut a lot out of it. Yeah, so. just enough to let the scenes breathe at the, at the beginning. It is moving a little bit from like a little choppy at first and then it sort of starts to smooth in because they want to move into the plot more. But I would um, say for the most yeah. part, but then for me where it gets weird is the whole Russian part is where from that point on to the end is where it kind of crashed and burned for me and i guess i just i i think did we they, need the russian family i didn't i thought there was a no, point to it there's not and it ended up just they could have cut that i really felt there was going to something going to happen with them did you guys think for a moment it. though before we get spoilers of course like i thought they were the only family that lived there yeah that's kind of what i was thinking and then I was yeah like, oh, shit there's there's a lot of people running the that that part probably wasn't done and done as well but i think mainly like the main point of the movie was to to create the, the conflict within the characters of how they're going to work together. These these strangers that have never worked together before, they're just now finding out, oh, shit, we all exist. Um, yeah. We all have these abilities or yeah. or these resources. And I felt like that was the, the main focus of it, is trying to make sure that these characters were established for like what you were saying, James, for like the future of the universe. And in, in turn, they had to you know, sort of sacrifice a little bit on the plot, which is a little thin. But hey, at least it was easy to understand this time as opposed to no, yeah, BVS no, for sir. some other people. It was yeah. easy to understand. It had more of a 
anybody could follow along with this one. Yeah. No, I didn't have to explain this to anyone afterwards. It definitely cool. clue, clued in that some of these characters like Cyborg and The Flash um, are are very new to this. And so I I actually they're going uh, to they're, they're get established more in their movie they and learn their how to grow. Cyborg himself yeah. was one of the characters I actually liked a lot more than I thought I would. Same. Because I, I, I've never actually heard of Ray Fisher before this. I think he's relatively unknown. He's never acted before. This is his first movie. Really? Yeah, he's from theater. Oh, so oh, he's wow. a theater actor. Okay, yeah. so I did not know that. Um, he, did good. he did pretty good, actually, yeah. man. I, he kind of made like a like a almost like Frankenstein esque kind of monster who didn't think he deserved to live kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I like that take on him. I think Jason Momoa was awesome as Aquaman. He's I'm actually be, really he's looking, gonna be good. I'm think. looking forward to that a yeah. lot because he seems like such a cool dude. He was fun in that film. I thought he, he was, was gonna be way more darker, but they're looking at the posters. Um, and I don't know if Zack Snyder was gonna intend to write him that way, but. He was actually pretty fun in this film, like yeah. And I once hat. again, I think yeah. uh, Wonder Woman did uh, Gal Gadot did fucking did amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's really good, and um, she really was. I the think glue. the weakest link in this one was actually Ben Affleck's Batman. I didn't like his Batman in this one. See, I I liked him, but I think I didn't like. I liked him better in BVS. I I see. Okay, and I think that was the point. I think that he was supposed to be, you know, a more more of a big bigger deal in that movie, and this one he's supposed to sort of step back and let these characters kind of take some of the light. Flourish, yeah. Because he had already had his yeah. his spotlight in that movie, I also kind of had an issue with that too because I wanted to see more yeah. Batman. But I was like, I get I, it. I, I was like, yeah, I get it. These, but yeah, like, if this is his last movie, I was like, damn, really? I but the, the like Nabil said, the the sequences that he did have, the action sequences, I like them, yeah. they're very really? comic booky. Where he's he's using his grappling hook and still doing his edges. They use his fighting. I think his yeah, best yes. sequence was probably the first five minutes of the movie. When, especially, I liked uh, a couple times you hear the Danny Elfman yeah. uh, theme yeah, kick in, which is really cool. Really good with the music. I thought it was cool. I think that um, the the best thing about it, though, is that you have Batman established. You know what he's supposed to be doing. You know, you have the other characters in now trying to flourish. But really, Batman's supposed to be the driving force, right? Or as, as at least you would think. But yeah. ultimately, it ends up being one Roman. That's yeah. The driving force of the film, yeah. keeping everything yeah. together. You guys, and they even mentioned in the movie, too, that he wants her yeah. to... think to, that's kind of Warner Brother pushing that? I think so, a little yeah. bit. I think so, But I don't definitely. think that's a bad thing. And this is not a part of spoilers, but I almost feel like the scenes where they bring up her past were added after the success of Wonder Woman. I Same. think so. Yeah, you could almost tell, especially when he brings up Steve Trevor. I'm yeah. like, that yeah. seems really random. Because uh, I watched Wonder Woman right before I saw this, mm-hmm. because I brought my niece to the movie and she had never seen it. So oh, right I was on. like, oh, check out Wonder Woman. I, I own it on 4K. It's just being bragging. Jeez. No, but um, I noticed it a lot more. So I was like, were they really gonna bring that up a lot? Like it, I did like the, the fact that they addressed why she's been kind of gone for a hundred years yeah. yeah i like that too which kind of wraps it up I was like, okay that's cool i guess it's definitely um, i think overall for anybody who, who wants to see this, this is a step in the right direction i think it's worth the watch um you know give it some support i don't know that you know we want to see keep seeing them going this direction warner brothers yeah um, yeah for for all the criticism that dc has gotten for the shit it's gotten wrong it it deserves to get some credit for what it's doing right so that they can keep doing those things the right way and not take three, four steps backwards and say, oh, well, we're starting over again because we screwed up. I don't think they're going to start over because they've already, well, Aquaman movie's done filming. Wonder Woman 2 is going to start soon. They already know that they have a cash cow with Wonder Woman regardless yeah. going forward. So if anything, like we've talked about before, the Flashpoint event would probably change True. things for Batman, especially. Everyone else, I think, is like solid still in yeah. this series and they're going to keep rolling. So 
Um, I'm looking forward to what the future give uh, is going to give for these ones. But let's jump into spoilers now, guys, because there's there's a lot of things I want to talk about still. Cool. Okay, so we're back here now. We're going to talk about a couple things here. I want to start first off. Um, guys, what's your favorite part and the part that you think just did not work at all for the film? My, my favorite part really was, um, and this is probably pretty general, but I liked the fight scenes with Steppenwolf. Um, I like the scenes yes. when he fights in Themyscira, um, where he's just literally just murdering a the bunch Amazonians. of the Amazonians. Yeah. Um, the fight he has, every time you have interaction with him, you know, the fight he has in the, um, the I don't know, the Gotham Harbor area. That's pretty cool to see everybody starting out the fight and getting involved and, you know, flash breaking his foot and getting in and, and trying to get into that. Because um, it just shows how strong the guy is and he just can destroy anybody. Um, and then I like the final scene, you know, where he's fighting with everybody and then all of a sudden um, Superman shows up and it's like, guess what? He's not as hard as you think he is for Superman. You know, everybody else is struggling, but Superman's got this kind of thing. Like, I like those fights. But I, I also like how Superman wasn't like their fucking key to finishing that. He right. was there. Stri- he was there to help out. He was just the yeah. Monster, yeah. Basically, yeah. It was really. Um, a he was effort. the missing piece. Yeah. But yeah. Um, what did you first off before we get? What did you not like though? Um, what do I, you think did not work in this film? I think Steppenwolf as a character though was just. A bad villain. Yeah. Um, that was the thing I really didn't like about it. Because everything else worked so well. Um, the whole idea of him having... Uh, James brought this up earlier to me. That you've got the box. Why didn't you just give one of those uh, mother boxes to the Flash and have him run away every time he shows run. up? Like, just fucking run. It's not that heavy, apparently. Superman or Batman can carry it. Like... That that was just kind of weird. It was a uh, I'm gonna get teleported. Don't know where he's coming from, by the way. Like I don't cyborg. know if he's up these portals. It was like cyborg. It's part of you, bro. Right. You know he's coming. What he's, the fuck? Exactly. He's coming. <laughs> he takes it. He goes. I mean, and now I'm gonna go somewhere central. The third box it. was the weakest. He's like, yeah. thanks for but, not guarding but see, this I think, shit. I, I think that shows as far as like how um how, how they're just coming together right now. They're not really used to um just dealing with these situations as a team yet they're they're just now coming together Marco, and i think it shows part of their flaws I still think, you're telling me they do not have a fucking duffel bag they could throw this bitch in if we're, if we're gonna go on that route it's really honestly i'm gonna disagree with you and say the real reason that would have been the case is that superman is almost killing everybody there and they're a little that's what i thought it was because you know? they yeah. were distracted yeah because they got shot out of the fucking thing right yeah so and I the box went flying really because it was in the uh the liquid to revive yeah. him yeah yeah yeah, uh, my favorite parts were any fucking scene with Flash in it was awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, Ezra Miller, again, just freaking killed it. But yeah, when they first fight together in the harbor, like Nabil was saying, that was really awesome to kind of see them finally like team up and fight together as Justice League for the first time on the big screen. And uh wasn't like a clean fight because, again, they're, they don't really know what they're up against. And, you know, it's the first time they're coming together. So, obviously, mistakes are going to be made. I like that because, it, it, I mean, it's realistic. I mean, you get together with a bunch of strangers, shit's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Shit's going to go wrong. Um, and this might be controversial, but I really like the scene of Superman freaking out. Because, I mean, dude's been dead. He just wakes up from being dead. And I like how they explained how he he's not all there at first. Like he's it's like I wish I had gone on longer though. Yeah, a little bit. I, I did too. You know what? I, I kind of did too because it's really cool. It's roughly based on Death of Superman. So yeah, he should have went on like. But I understand it's two hour film, but it should have been on for like months. Like he doesn't remember who the fuck he is. Yeah, 
I, um, dude, if it was long hair Superman, I would have lost my shit. Dude, I wish they would. I was this that. fucking dude because you know Henry Cavill uh, a year ago uh, showed a shot of a black suit. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so it might have been cut out. By the way, that might have been a Zack Snyder thing. God damn, that would have been cool. Yeah, I I was hoping I that that so, would have happened. So much rumors. It I'm was like, probably though. That'd be it, dope. It, maybe he could have had the long hair, but the contract thing with MI five or MI six. No, he yeah. did it beforehand though. So, yeah, so. but uh, I I like that sequence. I like how it it kind of. Uh, a callback to what Batman's original fears were of Superman were, man, if this guy were to just fucking snap, yeah, we'd all be fucked. And it's like, oh, lo and behold, like he was fucking right. These fucking freak. This is just a freak out. Yeah. And he's poning all of us right now. So I thought that was really cool. Um, just a really good like sequence of him taking them all out. Uh, and of course, I, I agree with the bill. The final battle is also <laughs> really cool. Of them teaming up against Steppenwolf and uh, the uh, Parademons. But uh, what I didn't like, some of the CGI wasn't perfect. Um, as if you, it. Since we're in spoilers, you know that Henry Cavill came back for some reshoots. He was under contract while uh, filming Mission Impossible Part 6. That he couldn't shave this mustache that he had. Moustache. So they had to digitally remove it. And I, there were I, really only two or three scenes, probably the three reshoots that they did. Where I could actually tell, but um, if you're it not was, watching it in bad, IMAX, bro. you can't really tell. Probably not, yeah. If you're not watching IMAX, you probably don't tell, but I don't know, yeah. man. It looked like shit. Um, I, don't, I think they rushed it, and I, and I do, and the, my other gripe with it is I felt like maybe just a few more minutes to kind of let the scenes breathe a little bit at the beginning probably would have helped out, too. And Some not, quick cuts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, th- I think Especially, that, I think... You can definitely tell it was Zach. I mean, Zach Snyder. Yeah. Like the Batman, they immediately jump into Wonder Woman, and it's like, "Fuck, was this supposed to go like this?" Oh yeah. Um, like, what's the point of this? Are they gonna show everyone? Uh, St- Steppenwolf. I felt like they had a chance to go in the right direction with Steppenwolf. Like he seemed pretty interesting at first, and then he sort of like disappears. Yeah. Like for. Kind of like does. A, yeah, for a Only while. You're almost the to the point where it's confusing why he's doing that. It's like, okay, so he wants to go with well, the new Well, where is he gods. going? Well, well like, he a, wants a, to apocalypse. do it so that he can go back to that. But, but the thing is, that, they don't ever bring that up. Yeah, they don't bring up. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he, and if you're not well, a comic book fan, it'd be hard to understand. That's the one part, I think, right. where it's a little like muddy on who, when they mentioned the new gods, and then when he even tells uh, Wonder Woman, you have the blood of the old gods. If you don't know what he's talking about, you'd be like, huh. But it, like seven. even still, like that's also a problem with with these ominous uh, bad guys that they have in comic book movies that you don't really know. With the exception of the ones where they where they have like an actual being or human, like uh, like the Joker or like the Winter Soldier, like you don't really know what their end game is, and it's really hard to kind of get that from those guys. Because I mean, some other superhero movies also have that flaw too. But I agree that this also kind of had that flaw where if you're not aware of the background of these characters, you're not going to go, you're not going to know where it's going. Yeah. He, but he did, he does briefly mention apocalypse while he's opening the boxes as well too. Yeah. But or, I think or it's never uh, a main focus though. I think. Yeah. No, but you, well, you know, he's ter- you, know he's ter- you know, he's terraforming it and like, that's yeah. what he wants to do. He wants to terraform it and bring death to the earth. I mean, fuck that's motivation enough for me to be like, yeah, stop that guy. Um, my favorite part was probably when the Flash was fighting Superman, and then he realized Superman's just as fast as him. Yeah, yeah. that was that was fucking hilarious, dude. Yeah, when his fucking eye turned, I was like, "Oh shit!" And then he actually says, "Oh shit!" And he mounts it. He's yeah. Like, oh shit. 
Like I really like that part a lot because he, he's probably never faced anyone. His up eyes that are point. getting bigger too. Yeah, because he thinks he's about to get him. He's like, I'll just sneak up on him. But then Superman notices him. He's like, Oh shit! <laughs> I like that. Like I'm pretty sure that's a Joss Whedon thing too. By yeah, way. I'm pretty. Oh sure yeah, that pretty sure it was not fucking because that whole scene. I think was Joss Whedon. Things that didn't work. Once again, like it's the CGI. I think took me out of a couple scenes, especially some of the scenes in the Amazonians. God damn, it looked fake. I was like, fuck. It wasn't Wonder Woman. That was no. the thing. It was a different am- you can as- tell. The mascara. Um, and I don't know if that was a Zack Snyder thing or Joss Whedon or, you know, we didn't have... Uh, budget restraints. Yeah, budget <laughs> Which restraints. is weird. It's a $300 million movie. Uh, they didn't... Before uh, advertising. They yeah. didn't pay for the CGI until the rough cuts, I heard. Whoever is in charge of that should be fired. Yeah. And never work on a film again. They need to look come at on. it as a long time. At this they, point, they need to nail this shit. Because so. they didn't want to waste the money on the CG until they had like this, the main story down pat and the main filming down. That and I agree with you, James, that that was a mistake. Because I saw so many scenes where it was green screen. I'm like, fuck, this looks terrible. Yeah. There's some Tack the Clones shit going on, man. That was distracting me. And then, yeah, Superman's mustache thing, it looked fucking terrible at times, man. It didn't bother me too much. I noticed it, but Do it wasn't bleed? like... It, it, I like seeing it though because I, I like hated to that see, line too. But like, I liked it. I, I like the callback. The like, Joss Whedon scenes versus Zack Snyder because you could see Zack Snyder with the stubble because you could see Henry Cavill cannot get a perfect clean shave. He's always got a little stubble. He's a hairy man. Yeah, you've he's seen that chest hair. Yeah, so you can see Henry Cavill with Zack Snyder, Henry Cavill with Joss Whedon. Like it's pretty funny to see the differences in the scenes as well. It's like look, his suit's brighter now. Yeah, see, he's back. I in love normal. that. But I like this Superman by the way. Out of out of the rest of the um the films. I like that he was, he smiled, it. you know. He was happy, you know. Coming he back def- from death, it, by the dude, way, he was more comfortable. It's in the role. damn near a different Superman. It's a different. The Superman fact from that the he's other racing ones. the fucking Flash at the yeah. post-credit scene. He, the old guy was. Well, he he was just way that. more upbeat. They're like true. Superman. They were true, joking, but but true. But he already he fulfilled his his full arc from the from Man of Steel to BVS to this to where. He realized that he is the beacon of light. So whereas well, before what, he wasn't sure, he didn't want to get involved. And at, at the end, I like a less he, complicated Superman. Even oh, when yeah. he, even when he <laughs> gave his thumbs up. <laughs> True, but they tried that, and then it turned to Superman three, and it failed. I, yeah, but the I first like two this, were classics. I like, I, I like the Superman. Um, I thought he was upbeat. I thought he was the Superman that I yep. know that I like from the comics. Yep. Which is um, why I go back to. I definitely like the place where everything is now. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is set up. Like Superman's back in Metropolis. Somehow Clark has to uh, tell everybody why he's alive. Um, and the police officers that see uh, to, to me if they go off the comics, he's like, I was trapped under a building to, to, yeah. or to me huh? to me, I feel like they it's it's reverse Marvel. Whereas Marvel where they started off, we're good, everything's cool, and now they're having problems. Like I felt like with Justice League they started, well, we're having problems and now we're at where we need to be. Which we, is we know, we it's like a role. sense of hope, which, yeah. is, which is a recurring theme of these films. Yeah, I would say too that I feel like this is the last like shitty one they have to get through, man. Yeah. No offense, Marco, but it's like the last little mediocre esque kind of film. I feel like yeah. the next films. I hope because they've also no offense, Zack Snyder's not doing it anymore. This is it. He's done. No, I agree. He should step out. Which is fine. He, he I, I gotta give him props for it, yeah. but he's going through some shit he did too. Did a hard so. thing, um, and then. We have different directors set up now for the other films, which I think is a smart move. Yeah. Because, you know, outside, I know The Flash is struggling to find a, a writer. They should and give director, Patty Jenkins just more fucking creative control, man, over the universe, too, to help 
Jeff Johns, man. I would too, but we don't make those decisions. Because I mean, she, I mean, um, if she made your one successful fucking film, why not? Anyway, that's that's okay. Yeah. Last thing, what did you guys think of the uh, Lex Luthor Deathstroke shit? I hope that, that was I don't know if they're gonna do the League of Villains or Legion of Doom. Probably Legion of Doom. But Injustice League. No, or Justice it could League, be either yeah. one, but I'm pretty sure. But they should do Legion of Doom. I'm kind of concerned don't that fuck it up. they've already got a lot of characters. Now they're gonna do a lot of villains. That's what my concern I is. I think it'll be an eventual like buildup, though. Yeah, if it's a buildup, it's okay. Like they do with the Avengers, you know, Marvel. But if they're gonna try to do like the next big Justice League film is everybody all together and there's only origin stories with, you know, that's in between. That might, I don't know. That might be a recipe for. Failure. Did you say origin stories or orgy stories? <laughs> origin. Okay. Yeah, he's like the orgy stories were yeah. coming. <laughs> Um, I uh, I liked it though, man. I did not think that shit was gonna happen. Neither did I. Yeah, yeah I was I like, like I Joe Manganiello, you son of a bitch, you really are Deathstroke. Yeah, so. because we heard so many mixed. Because uh, he was gonna be the Batman, but like, about they're it. not doing it anymore. He might not do it. I was like, fuck, really? But then when I saw that, I was like, yes. Yeah, I uh, I, I thought his pants. Fa- his his blonde hair would look fake as fuck though. I was like, fuck, it looks terrible. I thought oh. it was supposed to be gray. It, it should be blonde. Be gray, right? oh. He's blonde. Depends oh. which one they do. If he's an older one, then yeah. But this one, he's he's blonde. He's like a younger Deathstroke, which doesn't make sense. But whatever, I'll take it. Yeah, I like it. It's the Terminator, bro. He looked and even sounded like Deathstroke, and I liked it. Yeah, it looked very similar to the Arrow costume. He did. Yeah, I was like, is that the Arrow costume? <laughs> which I think is good, by the way. Yeah, the Arrow Deathstroke oh, yeah. is awesome, dude. So I was like, oh, my, uh, Manu Shit. Bennett, who plays that, I wouldn't even have minded if it was him. Dude, yeah. He's a good fucking Deathstroke, dude. Well, they like both both actors kind of look alike, so to a point. Joe Mangalio's got a, like a 13 pack or 14 pack. Yeah, that he's is true. Really tall. He's hella yoked. Magic Mike. Sorry, what? <laughs> Jesus, my pants are off again. But yeah, I'm um, excited for it. Yeah, it's cool. I like the little uh, cameo. Um I thought that was really cool. The fact that Lex Luthor showed up and got out, and I'm assuming, you know, so Jesse Eisenberg doesn't have any of the films, I guess, because he shaved yeah. his head off again. So, exactly. I like how you use Steppenwolf as a distraction to escape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Did Deathstroke break him out? Is that what they're kind of <laughs> that's implying? What I think yeah. Implying. All right. So, overall, that's our thoughts on it, guys. Um, kind of mixed for me and Nabil, but very positive for Marco. Absolutely. I still recommend probably checking it out for yourself if you want to. I'd probably say. If you're hating on it already, just rent it <laughs> because uh, probably won't sway your opinions. Man, or, or catch the matinee at least. Come on. Yeah. Put some money into it for sure. Give them some support. They need it. Yeah. Okay, guys. So that is the end of our podcast, number 11. Once again, thank you for watching. Thanks for all the feedback, response, and reviews. Quick little update. We will have a giveaway on our next pod here in about two weeks. Yes. Uh, Marco, let them know about our Facebook and Twitter. You can check us out on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash moviepalspod or tweet us at our Twitter at moviepalspod. Say hello, leave us feedback, leave us a review, um, and if you have a, a topic of the week to suggest to us, feel free to let us know. Awesome. And our next film we will be reviewing is going to be Guillermo del Toro's new film, The Shape of Water. Until next time, this is James. And Marco. And a bill. Have a good one. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, so, Nabil, for, question though, is this the first time you. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, something's so stupid. <laughs> fuck. Okay, hold on. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, hold on. He said it was Ranger for fucking Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. So wait, Nabil, serious question though. Was this the first time you saw Vigo Mortensen naked? <laughs> <laughs>